to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. excited to have blandsbourbonshop.com as a new sponsor for the bourbon road podcast in fact this podcast is brought to you by blanton's bourbon shop blantonsbourbonshop.com is the only official merchandiser for blanton's the original single barrel looking for a unique gift blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all blanton's gifts You know, friends, it's never too early to start planning your trip to the Bourbon Trail for 2023. We hope you'll join the Bourbon Road crew as we pull out all the stops this year at Bourbon on the Banks. So mark your calendars for October 6th and 7th, and we'll plan on seeing you in Frankfort, Kentucky. Be sure to listen in during the halftime break for all the details on Bourbon on the Banks. Welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon, and we are in the Bourbon Road Bar today. Brian is with me. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Great to be back and kind of an exciting week for us here in Kentucky. You did attend the Derby. I did. And uh, you got a pocket of cash now, right? My wife has more than I do. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. It always works that way because we're trying to figure things out and they're just looking at the color of the (laughs) jockey silks, right? Give me the pink. The horse, the gray horse, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We do have guests in the bar today uh, in the Bourbon Road Lounge. Let's just call it that. Uh, We've got our friends from uh, 15 Stars Fine Aged Bourbon. We've got Rick and Ricky Johnson. Co-founders, right, guys? Co-founders. All right. Well, it's great Guess to which have. which one's the oldest? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here just a little bit. But you and I share one thing, Rick, and that's... A little bit li- of gray hair. A little bit of gray hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well earned. Well, welcome to the Bourbon Road. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's always good to sit down with, uh, with new friends. And we've been chatting a while back and forth, but this is the first time we've been able to come together. And uh, drink a little bit of your whiskey. Actually, we're going to drink a lot of your whiskey today, I think. You brought a fine collection. And uh, our listeners are going to really look forward to that. But, Brian, what do you say we start off pretty quick here? I think so. Yeah. And I'd also like to throw in, not only did they bring some some bourbon for us to taste, but we have some popcorn here. They brought food and drink. So <laughs> good friends. Definitely good friends. Well, welcome. So... The first whiskey we're going to taste today, and the and the listeners do like us to get straight to the whiskey, and then we'll talk a little bit about the, the company and the Sounds history great. behind it. But uh, the first whiskey we've got today in our glass, can you tell me a little bit about that, Ricky? Yeah, so this is our second release. Uh, our first was our 14-year-old Timeless Reserve, which is now sold out. But our second release, still in the market, uh, our 7- and 15-year-old private stock. And... Believe it or not, it's a blend of seven and 15 year old bourbons, uh, both from Kentucky, bottled at 107 proof. 
107 proof and seven and 15 years, those are significant because, first of all, 15 usually represents kind of a uh, an extra aged bourbon, right? It's kind of an extra aged whiskey, a little right. bit higher than normal, but it also kind of stands behind those 15 stars a little bit, I would think. And, and then seven years is kind of in that sweet spot. You know, everybody's looking for those, you know, yeah. six to 12 year old bourbons, right? Because that's kind of the saddle. Yeah, and you guys will will see for yourselves when you try it. But uh, it's an interesting dynamic bringing together two, while they're both pretty mature bourbons, two largely different ages in a blend. Now, can you tell us any more about the distillate than than just the age? Is it uh, are there mash bills there that are being disclosed, or they're both standard bourbon mash bills, uh, rye flavoring grain? Okay, so they're both rye bourbons. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And kind of the mid mid rise 20 20 yeah. percent or so yeah. 70 2010 average yeah. about Ra- range of okay so the two bourbons aren't that different from each other other than age. not largely mm-hmm. no okay. the taste of the two uh, drastically different <laughs> yeah given the age difference different. as well yeah. you can two different that. distilleries yeah. uh two different uh undoubtedly two different places in warehouses uh and of course the age but uh yeah. drastically different bourbons all right we'll talk a little bit more about that after we taste it so cheers guys thanks cheers cheers, cheers. Well, you do pick up some of that age on the nose, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's got a butterscotch, a nice butterscotch to it. So the 15-year-old is bringing a little bit of that kind of that that warehouse, um, rickhouse, intense oak flavor that you get out of the older the older whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm getting a lot of tobacco out of it or anything like that, but I am getting kind of those leathery notes a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, definitely. And that, uh, that older one is, is, uh, it definitely brings that some of the tannins forward and, uh, not too strongly in here, but, uh, but enough that, you know, you got, you know, you've got an age product there. Mm-hmm. Gives it a bit of a Oak backbone mm-hmm. to some of the younger flavors present. Shall we taste it, Brian? Let's taste it. Cheers. 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 The seven-year-old bourbon that we used in there is uh, on its own. It's got a really fruity, really fruitiness to it. Kind of light, airy, fruity, I would say. Still seven years old, right? Still, still has, is beginning to get some of that depth that, you know, those middle-aged bourbons get. Yeah, I'm kind of getting that. I, I, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit. I mean, on first sip, and and I'm saying this because I think it's a good thing. It's it kind of is uh, four roses esque a little bit on mm-hmm. the on the fruity side. Mm-hmm. Maybe the I don't know if it's from the esters, the fruit esters that you get, or you know mm-hmm. wherever it comes from. But kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But that that extra aged 15 year bourbon in the back end just gives it that deepness and that richness and that robustness yeah. that just carries it over the top. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something like this side by side with like a a birthday bourbon or a, an annual release mm-hmm. of a Four Roses edition, special mm-hmm. edition or something like that, because it's it's at that level. It's kind of a really well-crafted. Um, it kind of gives you the best, best of both worlds. I am yeah. missing a little bit of uh, sweetness, I guess, maybe not a lot of sweetness mm-hmm. there, but I guess a lot of that goes away. Right. And then in the. In the between four and six years, that kind of starts to drift yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 
I guess sweetness in a, a little bit of a different sense. It's not like as much like bright, like flowers and stuff and that kind of lavender sweetness. I mm-hmm. think more of like dried apricots, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dried fruit sweetness. I really like the, the buttery feel on my tongue, on the palate. Like I, Jim's heard me say it a hundred times. Like I really, I'm not as much of the dry, you know, and filling there. So I, for me, this is a, a buttery filling on the tongue, which I, I really enjoy. How do you think this compares to your 14 year? So between the two, our 14 year, as you know, uh, with the lowest age being 14 uh, in that blend um, carries a more oak in it, but not a ridiculously larger amount. This uh, you'll the proof difference only being four, but the at 103 proof that 14 year old was about as smooth as it gets. Um, but as far as the flavor goes, you get a little more of that maple kind of the, the dark, sugary notes in the in the 14 year old than you do in this uh accompanied by some as you would expect uh oak seasoned oak flavors now there are a little bit of tannins on the back end of this i mean you certainly are going to expect a little bit of that right with the with the older yeah. whiskey um you're it's gonna not, want it yeah you're gonna mm-hmm. want it it's it's not overly drying though it's still nice it does settle in it's got a nice hug to it um it's speaking to me to take another sip, right? Yeah, it does kind of hang there and make you want to. Yeah. It, you're not going to forget. No. It's still hanging there. I have to be a totally honest and full disclosure. I've had this before, and uh, and thank you for sending me a sample of that. It's been a few months since I've had it, but um, I do remember this as um, one of my favorite whiskeys of the year so far. And I have to tell our listeners that, this is kind of at the top of my list right now for the end of the year, you know, statements that we make. Well, all of us make statements at the end of the year, right. what we thought our favorites were, right? This one's definitely in the running. Definitely. And I, I haven't had your 14, so I can't comment on that, but this is. Well, it's here today. And in yeah. case you want to try it, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Try it. We'll do <laughs> it. But to try it. nobody can get their hands on it now, right? It's right. sold out and it's yep. sold out for a reason. I'm sure. Yep. It uh, might still be lingering in a, in some retail stores somewhere, but dusty corners, yeah, a dusty corner. But as far <laughs> as more coming into supply, it's it's over in that sense. So if you if you're lucky enough to find it out there, go ahead and grab it. Don't let it sit there. Yeah, I want to say that right now. If 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 you see the 15 star seven and 15 year old fine aged bourbon sitting on the shelf, and it's not a it's not a super cheap bottle, right, guys? What's the price on it? 139 it's 139 so this is uh it's an exceptional bourbon but it is at a at a higher price so you've got to really consider that purchase when you go to buy it but you will not be disappointed not in this one this is a great whiskey this is definitely uh like i said probably at this point at the top of my list this year so far you know we go back and forth with between the things we've put together and uh and the things that we we are still making and we drift back to this one all the time and say this is a this is a bourbon that we love going back to uh the 14 we still do have a few bottles down in our basement as you can imagine and we uh we often go back to that one as well and when you try it you'll see why uh but uh but this really 
And for the money, even though, again, $139 is real money for a bottle of bourbon, right? It is. And, uh, yes. and you've got uh, a 7 and 15-year-old blend, which from a source standpoint, takes some real money to get the, uh, the, the great ingredients for that. The 14 and 15-year blend, the 14-year is a 14 and 15-year blend. And uh, it was at $279. Um, and again, sold great and was, is an extraordinary thing, which you'll, you'll get to taste. Um, but this one, this one, I think there's a group of people in there that would say uh, that uh, I still lean to the 14, but there's a group of people that would say the 7 and 15 and have told us they take this. Yeah. I haven't had the other one either, but I can't tell you this much. This is a, this is a, a fairly well balanced whiskey, and it's got a lot of what you look for in a bourbon. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes when you get to the higher age bourbons, you get a lot of what you like. Maybe if you like those older older whiskeys, but you give up a few things too, right? You give up those uh, those fruitier ester notes that you get in a bourbon that's not as old. Uh, you lose some of that new wood, right? Right, which is good. And those so. I don't know. It's hard sometimes to choose. I mean, you can get a seven-year-old bourbon, just a straight seven-year-old that'll just knock your socks off, right? Yeah. But we all have different palates and we like different things. So it's good to have variety. It is the spice of life. Yeah, exactly. It's our job in blending really to kind of bring together some great things that come together really, really well. And that's what we think we did here. And that's what we do really with, with everything we do. It'd be great to be one of the great big distilleries and have 25 giant warehouses and and uh, have that uh, richness uh, of inventory. But our inventory, I think the richness of our inventory is different. We have a reasonably considerable inventory and we can go through there and we have things like what you're drinking that are two very different bourbons that come from different places uh, and, and uh, you know, age differently. And so we have that opportunity to bring some things that are really different together not everything really blends well but we really search for those sweet spots where two or three things brought together really make a whole that you can't really get it's the extra dimension that you can't really get out of sometimes that single mash bill even though it's a wonderful wonderful thing the ability to twist and turn with uh, different products at different ratios and different proofs is really some fun dials to work with mm -hmm. and you can bring out more complexity and more interest in the final drink. Absolutely. Another thing I guess we haven't mentioned to you guys is how we kind of choose our proofs. Um, you may have noticed going through that, uh, some of our proofs are, or most of them are between that hundred to 110 range. Um, and what we do, we call it flavor proofing, which is basically, we say we don't proof for cost. We're not proofing for volume. We're simply proofing to get the best flavor out of the, the blends that we're making. And so in that, we've kind of found that we hang around that 100 to 110 area. It allows it to have a full flavor and not be watery, but still let you focus on the flavors and not kind of be overwhelmed by proof at any point so it's, it's kind of a, a sweet spot for us yeah i mean when you think brian seven uh, to 15 years 100 <clears throat> to 110 proof i think they're picking the right number yeah, i think so and i think i think it's very apparent that you know you're really more focused on the quality and and that 
it's so not, that stands not, through. Yeah, a and it's not more focused. Let's just say it's singularly focused. Mm -hmm. That's the only focus we have. As Ricky said, you know, not for any of those other reasons, not to meet a certain market segment that's looking for something. We just put the very best flavor out there we can, and we think that's ultimately what people will like. And there'll be people that drift to that, right? If you want, some people are really into the cast proof, right? A lot of people, uh, and. That's great, right? But and, and it's a wonderful thing. But we really like the mm. the ability to dial it a little bit. Now this is a family business, right? I mean, you guys are yeah. obviously related. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but but where did it come from? Where did this idea come from? How did it start? You know, uh, there's a lot of uh, people who think about starting whiskey companies. There's much fewer people who actually do it. What pushed you guys over the edge? Ricky ought to really talk about the start. Yeah, there's. I a, gave him a job, a summer job. A, yeah, so I'll give. <laughs> starting from there, um, I worked with my family as my dad worked with his dad in the past, um, and had been working throughout my late high school and early college years on uh, our company, Black Jewel Popcorn, which we'll probably get into a little bit more later, but sells unique colored uh, heirloom popcorns, and. Through that one summer, like my dad said, he came up with an idea uh, to see if we could turn those popcorns into bourbon. So this was between my sophomore and junior year of college. And throughout the summer, just set out to learn, make relationships, connections, um, and figure out one, is it feasible? Can that these unique heirloom popcorns turn into bourbon? Does the, the chemistry work is... Is it possible as well as um, does it make sense for us to do that with our time? Uh, does it make sense financially? And so really just kind of put a whole uh, uh, report together, um, kind of covering all aspects. And uh, what we did find. So did he make you do a book report? He did. Yeah. Okay. Did. Good. Good. He did. It's good dad. Very That's formal. Right. But I was, uh, I was at the business school in IU as well. So. It wasn't my first time doing that, <laughs> but, um, so we then ended up making that summer a connection with Bardstown bourbon company, um, a fantastic group of people who allowed us to experiment, uh, and were interested in the project and enthusiastic, just like we were. So they let us do a single fermenter of our black heirloom corn and found that the yield, um, was kind of on par with the standard corns, um, and it was something that could work and had a good white dog flavor. Everything lined up well. So we decided that it was something we'd like to move forward with. Now, the the people at Bardstown Bourbon Company are well known in the industry for being very professional and knowledgeable in what they do. They have quite a facility there. The, the staff is, uh, well, they're the best of the best, right? And... Uh, when you walked in there with those little ears of corn, did they have any initial comments before like giving it a shot? Did they say, I don't know about that or anything, or were they just completely open to it? I think they were pretty excited about the opportunity, right? I mean, the, again, the team at Bartstown Bourbon Company could not be better uh, for us. Uh, so we unequivocally say that. Uh, they have been extremely helpful. Um, they want us to, they want us to think of it as our distillery, and they want a real partnership there, and that's been since the very beginning. They're also interested in exploring and trying new things, 
And so when we brought that corn down, they were really excited. And uh, in fact, when the first distilling happened, uh, Peter Lofton, who's no longer with us, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was at the distillery. And uh, they really made a big, uh, big event out of uh, internally, really, you yeah. know, not, not necessarily externally, but internally about uh, the opportunity to distill some really unique and different corn. And that black corn that we distilled first, we're distilling white corns, white island corns, red corns, blue corns, uh, black corn. So we've got a number of different corns that we grow for our Black Jewel Popcorn Company. But this little black one is the most unique. And, uh, and it really looks different in the process. I mean, when you, when you see that, uh, when you see that fermenter boiling, it's, it's a witch's brew. You're familiar with the normal look where you've got kind of a yellow cap on that thing. Sure. And the yellow, that thing bubbles and, and royals, uh, black and purple and, and, uh, really strange. It, it really looks like a witch's brew. It's pretty it, wild. It looks exactly yeah, that's like very that. Cool. Very dark. And it caps over. You know, black, a uh, grayish black, uh, very different product. Uh, tastes very different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are you a farm? We do operate some farms. Uh, we um, we contract grow the corns. So, some of it's grown on our property. Uh, we're not farmers, uh, but we do own some farm ground, uh, and we do have some great farmers that we partner with. So, you're uh, you're really well. The you started as a popcorn company. That was one of our businesses. We've been in a number of businesses over time, and uh, uh, but that's one business that we had, and and that's where the idea of making a craft. Bourbon. So I'm kind of hearing serial entrepreneur here, right? I, I mean, think so. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> hobbyist. Did you uh, did you inherit that? Uh, seeming like it. Yeah. I, uh, one of my degrees <laughs> is in entrepreneurship, so that's awesome. One, one of your degrees. Right okay, we're, we're well educated in that. That's house. right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, gents, this is some uh, really, really fine whiskey. I definitely am going to put it into the fine category. I think that um, I hope we have a bottle of this at Bourbon on the Banks. Let's say it's done. It's done. In October, folks, when you come to Bourbon on the Banks uh, in Frankfort, Kentucky, definitely come down and visit us. There'll be a bottle of the 7 and 15, 15 star on the Bourbon Road Bar, courtesy of 15 stars, fine each bourbon. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. That'll be awesome. It'd be great to be there. So we're going to move on to another whiskey now. And uh, what do we have in our second glass? So the second glass is a newer product of ours. It's released a couple of months ago. Uh, It is our triple cask bourbon. So this is a blend of two Kentucky bourbons aged 16 and eight years that was taken and cut into thirds, put in port, cognac, and rum casks, aged for about eight months, and then blended back together to create this bottled at 105 proof. And the, But this is a finished bourbon. Yeah. But you did it in three stages. So you actually didn't, the, the whiskey didn't travel from one to the next to the next. It was right. done three ways and then combined. Yeah. And maybe we ought to talk about that process a little because I think it goes back to that thing about Flavor first, yep. nothing else counts. Um, and what we really, what we really started out to do was to put two great whiskeys together, and have it in these three different casts, and have three releases at the same time. Right, release those three expressions. So people could really say, "Here's the same bourbon in three different expressions." We have labels made up. We have everything ready to go, 
and we made that up and we thought we tasted through it all we got it kind of dialed in and we thought okay we got it um this is going to be great and then while we're playing with it we threw all the remainders into a glass and took a sip and we said whoa that's better than any of the three and so we actually did throw all the old the labels away that we had made uh ordered new labels quickly right because we had a date to meet for bottling uh ordered new labels uh just turned it into a triple cast and the ttb and, complied huh and the ttb we were able to get that turned around pretty quick yeah i'm hearing more yeah. and more these days that the ttb is very has become very super helpful and is is actually come a long way and you know moving things along more quickly We've had good luck. Um, and again, the team at uh, Birdstown uh, Bourbon Company uh, submits those for us. Obviously, we do you know work on our own, but they, they know they a guy that knows a guy. Out. So, but but honestly, we've been uh, we've been really really fortunate there. Uh, but that is certainly when you're trying to do a quick turn, you never really know. And I can't remember how many days it took uh, to get that, but we've had them turn around as closely as. Three or four days. However many that uh, one was, it felt like too many. At the yeah, time. for sure. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> but, but I mean, typically for us, a uh, couple of weeks. All right, then. Well, let's let's go ahead and try this whiskey and see what we think about it. Sure. Cheers. 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 Now, as I know this, could you repeat uh, the three barrel types that it was finished in? Port, cognac, and rum. Port, cognac, and rum. Okay. I think the port is most evident, at least to me. Are you picking up the rum or the cognac? I feel like I am picking up the rum. Okay. On the nose? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's quite a blend. Yeah. We've had, obviously, the tasting notes. Everybody's got different opinions. And the interesting thing is we've had... People say, I agree with you that the port is kind of the most dominant. Well, you can get the others. I get the rum a lot, too. But we've had other people say that the cognac pokes out a lot to them. So it's it's interesting well, to hear. I'm searching for it. I'm trying to find yeah. it because I'm interested <laughs> yeah, in that. Right. Because I had a cognac-finished whiskey. It's been a while. I had We had it at uh, Woodford Reserve when That's right. Elizabeth tapped that cognac barrel. But uh, And I... I was so impressed by it. I was like, oh, somebody needs to do more of these cognac barrels. And so I was really searching for that here. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I I don't have the most sensitive nose and palate in the, in the world. I, I wasn't blessed with that. But One thing we tried to do with this one, too, is, um, is accent the bourbon, right? Not cover it up. So... So how long did they spend in those barrels? The secondary? Oh, eight months. About eight months. Okay. Interestingly enough, this bourbon went through two rounds of blending, basically, because the 16 and 8-year-old, we blended, figured out the percentage on uh, what we wanted that to be. And then at the end, we actually didn't end up putting all of the barrels we put it back, put it into to finish back into the final blend. So we blended those out those final barrels to get the the flavors that we wanted out of those going into the bottling blend and these are the same kentucky rye bourbons that we were using before or are these different yep these are the the same two bourbons that went into the 7 and 15 just slightly older now yeah that's very cool i love <clears throat> i love that you had that plan 
And you said, no, we need to, we need to change this up because it's so much better this way. It's just kind of what we do as well out of yeah. curiosity, whatever we're drinking, whether it's a product of ours or other people's products, we just end up blending them out of curiosity. And we did it. start playing. We, it's one of those right. moments where you blend it. We both taste it, look at each other and go, oh, my goodness, we we might need to bottle it like this. You know, that's, it's kind of a lesson, I think. And, and, you know, we we have tasted an awful lot of whiskeys. We have had, I don't know, thousands of whiskeys on the show. But we've we get sent an awful lot that don't make it on the show as well. And, and there are reasons for there. There can be certain reasons for that. Most of them have to do with the fact that it's just not ready yet or. Maybe we sent something in the distillate that just doesn't seem right. And, and we don't want to ruin somebody's reputation over an early mistake in their business, right? So sure. we're very careful about that. We try to bring whiskeys on the show that we feel good about talking about. You know, we feel like these are these are good examples of what you should be drinking. And a lot of times we've we kind of, you know, amongst ourselves, we're talking about this saying, you know, some of these whiskeys would be perfectly fine if they spent just a little more time in the barrel. You know, not much more, just a little more time in the barrel because it's okay to drink a two-year-old whiskey or three-year-old whiskey. Some of them could be fantastic, yeah, you know, but some of them are just not ready yet. So when you make those choices, but some of them have had something go wrong. Either the grain came in tainted or something went wrong in the process. And a decision was made to put it in the bottle rather than turning it into vodka or something else. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is you guys were aware enough and conscious enough about quality to make a decision to change direction and change it quickly when you had to because you were making the right choice. And what I'm saying to those other distilleries is do the same thing. You know, if you've got something that's just not quite what you think it ought to be, don't look at your wallet. If you can help it in any way, look at the quality and what the consumer is going to think when they taste it, because that's yeah. the most important thing. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And uh, and we just kind of said from the very beginning, that's just our commitment. No no question about it. It was several, several thousand dollars worth of labels that uh, went in the trash. And uh, so it's a costly thing, but it but but really producing a great bourbon is what it's all about. And uh, we, we, we love that. Brian, I'm getting a buttered rum now. I'm getting the cognac now. Are you? I am. <laughs> wow, you just need to sit here. I haven't mm-hmm. tasted it yet. This is all like yeah. on the nose, right? It does open up a bit. It, it kind of evolves <laughs> as you drink it. We've had other people say the same for their experience as well. Well, I am ready to taste it, though. I'm, cheers, I'm ready. Guys. Cheers. Oh, wow. Okay, so. Is there something going on in there? There is. Sorry, folks, for the mouth noises. I apologize. I'll, if I didn't cut them all out, I'm sorry. But I just I just want to let you know that every every gland in my palate, saliv- salivating gland, just turned on all at once when this drip, dripped down the sides of my tongue. Oh, my goodness. That's got, a, that's got gobs and gobs of flavor. Really, really good. Yeah, really rich, really complex, um, really, really just a wide variety of flavor in there. You know, every now and then when you drink a when you drink a whiskey, it, it does that on the sides and of your palate, and it, it just drips down the side of your tongue and it hits something down there, and it just turns everything on all at mm-hmm. once. And uh, you get that in about, I don't know, 
two out of ten, one out of ten whiskeys? I'd say one out of ten. One out of ten. Yeah. That's pretty darn good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very good. Ricky, what are the awards this one's got? Yeah, so just recently, um, IWSC, the International Wine and Spirits Competition from London, awarded our triple cask a 95 rating, a gold medal, as well as our First West Bourbon, which is a future release that I think you guys will enjoy, and our Platinum series, which uh, we have here if you guys would like to taste today. So in the second half, we're going to try those. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. We've been focused on trying to be sure we get our product to a lot of influencers that taste a lot of different things um, to get their thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. And this one has been a hands down winner. Um, we've done really well with, uh, with, with really all of them, but this has really been, been a favorite. And then the competitions is another thing. We're trying to get our bourbon into as many third party authoritative, uh, reviews really as we can. We feel good about them, but we want to make sure we're testing the bourbons and we're testing ourselves to be honest, Sure, you know, to say, okay, how does this really work? And we've been, um, We've been extraordinarily fortunate. We've got over 30 uh, awards uh, already and a year year into it. And um, most of those gold, uh, double gold, platinum. Um, We had our first bourbon out. The 14 and 15 year old blend was one of three finalists for best bourbon uh, in San Francisco. It's a San Francisco World Spirits competition for 2022. And then last week, we were just announced for our entries at IWSC, of which Ricky just kind of reviewed. Uh, we've been nominated as one of four finalists for uh, Worldwide Whiskey Producer for 2023. So that will be awarded in October. But if you can imagine coming out with things, and again, part of, part of our commitment to the flavor, the taste, m- making sure that we do the very, very best we can, uh, and starting with age spirits blending them to add that complexity and interest doing things like a barrel finish here that adds additional complexity of interest and interest uh and then uh that flavor proofing that ricky talked about to kind of dial that in so we're looking for multiple dials that we can twist to kind of narrow in on something good so far it's uh you know it's been been really good and and most of it's probably attributable my taste buds are still really good my nose is still really good but ricky's a little younger and uh, and maybe a little even he's pretty tuned up in that regard. So uh, so it's been fun fun working with it, and we've been really lucky. And this one has been one that's really just gotten a lot of claim. Well, we know how it goes with age, right? The older you get, those things kind of <laughs> it loses a little bit there. You that's know, right. I mean, I don't have quite the palate I used to have, and but you look at old Mister Jimmy Russell, and he's still kicking, right? right. I mean, right. I don't know how much right. he really still tastes, but he probably can. His nose is probably still working. And we argue good. these. I mean, every one of them, and maybe that's a balance too between youth and age that comes together. Yeah. I would say in these, you've got you've got a balance between youth and age that comes together in there that that really uh, we we argue back and forth in every regard uh, while we're doing it. You know, we push and pull each other. And, um, and we end up in a pretty good spot, but there's definitely opinions. We come together on it. We're never really, I think Ricky's fair to say, I don't think we're ever on separate parts of the planet, right? We're always in the range, but we, we really are focused on the nuance of it. And so we spend a lot of time about one or two proof. Uh, it's not something we just go, okay, that's, that's good. That's close. And good doesn't really do it. We're trying to go back and forth and dial it in. 
have a question for you. Obviously, you know, father, son, like what kind of, what has this journey been like for you? You know, sitting down and, and blending and tasting. I mean, it's gotta be a lot of fun to share that. Yeah, it's been neat. It's, uh, it's cool because it creates, uh, I guess, a little bit of a, a relaxed atmosphere with the blending and stuff. Because I mean, we're we're literally doing it on the kitchen counter. It's uh, not in a, a lab in an office somewhere or anything like that. Where we're seeing each other at work and then going home and blending and tasting bourbons. It's it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, very cool. It's definitely a lot of fun, and it's it, it is um, it is fun. But it's also work, right? I mean, people, when they, they think of you tasting all these and, and sampling, uh, having a room full of samples, and we've got a, uh, a room that is really full of samples out of our inventory. We own a pretty significant inventory, and, and so we've, we've got a lot of those ages uh, uh, that, we're, that we're trying to work with. But it is, it is, well, it's super fun. It's also, I mean, it takes, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. Let's talk a little bit about your inventory because that's, you know, that's at the heart of what you do, right? Your blenders, your craftsmen that put together blends of whiskeys, you finish them. So that inventory is ultimately important. Um, You're sourcing your own barrels. Um, Even though Bardstown Bourbon Company is um, your production facility. Right. You guys are still the ones out searching for the, the good stuff, right? Yeah, we we have uh, we've been distilling for three and a half years, so that's our inventory of distilled product is three and a half years and under. Um, that's going to be the good stuff in a few years. Yeah, that really well. <laughs> so yeah, well, you've been tasting this stuff along the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. How's it going? It's going awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. we are really excited about it. To and be this honest. is this is the popcorn whiskey, right? I mean, well, we have uh, we have traditional mostly. mash bills, yeah, um, with traditional corn as well as those heirloom corns that we talked about, black, red, blue, white. Um, so we've got uh, those. We've also, um, just to give an idea, we are, um, we're blending some of those together as well. So some of them we're doing individually. We are running a red, white, and blue uh, mash together. Uh, and then probably the most unique thing that we've done that we are loving uh, and we think is going to age wonderfully is a rye whiskey, a 51% rye, uh, but with 44% corn with a blend of black and white corn. So a rye whiskey, 51% rye, 44% corn, probably we know of no other heirloom corn based rye whiskey. So uh, going to be something that uh, is unique in the market and we think just has an outstanding flavor in it. And we love the 95.5 rye, and we have one here that we're going to taste. But uh, we also love that kind of Kentucky rye, that 51%, uh, and the, uh, the blend of those corns that we kind of dialed in for that uh, produces, um, produces a flavor that we think uh, is going to be very different. And we're, we're excited. We, we, it's our favorite white dog. It's my favorite white dog. I don't know, Ricky. I, I still wish they would have brought some of that white dog brand. You <laughs> <laughs> should have brought some of that. We next should have brought next some time, of that. right? Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue sipping on uh, this, and and we're going to go into the half. When we come back, you've got I think three more whiskeys for us to try, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what you guys uh, have planned for the future. Kind of, kind of what's coming down the pike, and you've got an some releases that have not gone out yet. We're going to talk about those. Sure. 
So, uh, all right, let's take a short break. We come back, more stuff. gift Blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered all of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels specializing in barrel aged potent treats they use Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup honey and coffee find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover cigar connoisseur avid coffee drinker and Blanton's fan want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we hope you'll join us this fall, October 6th and 7th, for Bourbon on the Banks. The festival itself is from 2 to 6 p.m. on October the 7th, and you can pick those tickets up at bourbononthebanks.org for $65. They also have an early access ticket for $75. It'll get you in an hour early and definitely get you access to some special pours. But if you always like that VIP access, this year they're bringing in the VIP access tickets. We'll give you access to their VIP tent and all the great things that go along with that for $175. Be sure to check out bourbononthebanks.org. You'll get all the details on this year's event. back it was a great break actually we had uh had a nice session up at the bar talking about all things whiskey we ate some black cambazola cheese mm. ryan that's my that's my jam i love it yeah sit back down have some popcorn and rick you're no you're no stranger to that right it's a family favorite yeah years long me too you give me a few nuts and some black cambazola cheese and some uh mm-hmm. i think i I can't remember what that is up there. I think that's some kind of spice salami or something. I don't know, but quite nice. I like whatever uh, it is. I like <laughs> I like munching a little bit with my whiskey, and that's always good. The popcorn was extra special, though. I have to say, and I'm probably going to hit that again here in a moment. But it's not an on-air snack. No, it's got a little crunch to it. A little bit it? of crunch to <laughs> it. A little crunch, which uh, makes it special. <laughs> that's right. I'm snaking them in every now and then. Are you really? <clears throat> I am. It will come back sometime when you can drink that crunch. That's right. <laughs> well, here, here's here's a good opportunity for us. Rick, where can they find your your popcorn? Well, you can look at specialty stores. It's probably the the the, the best thing to do. And uh, of course, Amazon uh, online easy to find. But uh, specialty stores would carry it. And uh, across, I don't know. You probably got podcast listeners everywhere, right? They're, they're everywhere. Uh, yeah, so all fifty states and forty countries. Oh, yeah. So okay, well, uh, in fifty states, you can find it at specialty stores. Although 
You know, there's some uh, traditional groceries that we carry at Publix in Florida. So 1,300 Publix stores or Albertson Safeway uh, carries it. So some of the big chains, but largely specialty type stores. So when they, when they, let's just say they go onto Amazon and they're, they're trying to find your, your black popcorn, what do they type into the search bar? I think if you type black popcorn, you're going to find it because yeah. it is really the only black popcorn. And what's the brand uh, name? It's the only black corn. Um, black Jewel. Black yeah. Jewel. So typing in Black Jewel for sure lands on it. And ready to eat, pre-popped, microwave, or just kernels for those that like to pop it themselves. That's awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of popcorn. I'm also a big fan of Publix. That's kind of my favorite sh- sandwich shop in the whole world. So mm. I always go to Publix They're to get a, a great Cuban, operation. So. Yeah. <laughs> and being in Florida is not bad. Yeah. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> you spend some time there. We do. We got a home in St. Pete yeah. and uh, it's a great community and we love it down there. Awesome. All right. So we've got a number of whiskeys to get through and we ran a little long in the first half. I'm not going to say we won't run a little long in the second half because we are having a really good time here. But what is in our first class? So first class of the second half is our first West Rye. So this is our first Rye release came out at the same time the triple cask did about two months ago. Um, The name First West comes from Kentucky, which I guess we haven't mentioned so far for the listeners that 15 Stars brand name is derived from the 15 Star flag, which was the second US flag, uh, represented Kentucky as the 15th state. Um, And we're, we're celebrating that early craftsmanship present in Kentucky with their bourbons today. And Kentucky, was the first state west of the Appalachians, was surrounded by the Northwest Territory and the Southwest Territory, the Southwest Territory being Tennessee, the Northwest being Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan. Um, So these First West series whiskeys that the First West Rye is um, number one of, and there will continue to be more, have juice or bourbon or rye whiskeys from that region. Okay. So, so so really if somebody sees first West on one of your bottles, they can expect to find whiskeys from Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, or Tennessee, not all of them, but some part of one of the, or more of those, right? They will always have Kentucky in it. All of our products will always have uh, Kentucky. And then for the first West series, this rye has Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee, but some may just have Kentucky, Tennessee, some Kentucky, Indiana, uh, but we can mm-hmm. guarantee Kentucky. But for this rye, as I, as I said a second ago, a blend of Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee rye whiskeys aged six, seven, and eight years old, bottled at 105 proof. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a plug in for one of my friends here. So he's a flag collector, right? He's mm-hmm. got flags going back to what, you know, like, the beginning of the country. I'm not sure that he has a 15 star flag. If you guys ever search one out and find one or have one already. There are about a dozen 15 star flags known. Uh huh. So he's not likely to get one. Extraordinarily expensive. Depends how much we would like to buy one. If one ever came available, but they are really, really very tough to get. Of course, the most famous 15 star flag is in Washington, DC at the Smithsonian. And the Star Spangled Banner was written under it. Uh, Fort McHenry in the Baltimore Harbor, the battle against the British, uh, where Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner, was under a 15-star, 15 15-striped 15 st- uh, flag, uh, celebrating Kentucky as the 15th state. 
Well, I, I'll make sure I let him know because he's he's a huge flag. His his entire bar area is covered with old tattered flags from. Mm. Yeah. It's a really cool hobby. It's a really cool, really hobby. cool but, hobby. But I think he would be tickled just to take a picture with one. So right. if you ever find one, let me know. And I'll make sure to let him know if he ever runs across one to give you guys a holler. So That'd be great. Yeah. Well, that's a great bit of history there. I'd love to hear that. So um, 15 Stars is a Kentucky company. You guys are based out of Bardstown. But you understand that uh, that there's a lot of history around Kentucky as well and that there's some good whiskey being made in adjacent states and uh, they can become part of your blends in the future. But those blends will say First West on them. Yeah, they'll always say First West Series. Okay. Uh, First West on the front or First West Series on the top, on the back label. So always identified as First West. If they don't have that, 100% Kentucky. All right. So this has, again, let's recap. This has a Kentucky rye in it. It has a Tennessee rye and yep. an Indiana rye. Yep. Three ninety-five five rye. These are all ninety-five five ryes. Yep. Aged six, seven, and eight years old. Which is darn good for a rye. That's yeah. a good age for a rye. It is a nice age. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Oh wow. Yeah, that has got a great nose on it. Follows with a really good palate. It's very candy-like. It's got a a good bit of citrus note to it, but it is kind of a, I almost want to say like candy orange, but mm-hmm. it's more of a, maybe a, not a super sweet orange though. I don't know. I can see all that. Yeah. I think that's just in general, pretty sweet forward mm-hmm. um, rather than a spicy, like you get out of some 95 fives. Yep. Um, one thing I always get, that I, I think is somewhat unique to me. Um, maybe, maybe not. I'll see what you guys think. But I get on the nose a lot of like honey and honeycomb and uh, a bit still on the palate. Not as much towards the finish, but I get really strong honey. And I've thought that since the start, but he has yet to agree with me. So I get the more honeycomb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and it is a sweet, a sweet flavor, right? And I, I pull off the, you know, off the palate, the, you know, kind of a nectarine, uh, uh, nectarine apricot. The, those are the kind of flavors that I, I really You know, if you were to take a, a rye muffin and uh, put orange marmalade on it. Mm. I get That's the orange, orange marmalade. Of <laughs> I like that. A little bit of butter. Orange marmalade for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, very nice. Very, very. Um, yeah, it's, it's that. It's that. 95.5 rye that you hope to get that's got that that nice candy like sweetness to it mm-hmm. but it still maintains that uh, that rye bready character that you kind of mm-hmm. like not too much in the not too much in the, like the the like cedar juniper area you know kind of more uh, hot buttered orange marmalade yeah, I'm gonna go with Ricky. Yeah, you get the honey. I've got some honey. Yeah. I, when you were first talking about the 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 bread, the muffin, I was, it's like you're gonna say honey, but you didn't. <laughs> so, well, you can't have honey and marmalade. You got to pick no. one of the two. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm picking both. Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> I guess you could. 
Yeah, it's very nice. And um, it's definitely a mid-palate bourbon for me. It does finish nicely, mm-hmm. but it really leaves a big impression on the middle. And uh, I'd say this is a medium to medium-long finish on it. It does finish a bit lighter on the back end for me. It's really mid-palate sweet and kind of sticky syrupy. We love the nose on this one. I do, too. We love the nose on all of them, really. In some ways, we love to drink them, but we could just sit there and and, <laughs> and nose these things forever. But we really, really think there's some interesting, complex notes in there. So... I'm sure you guys as whiskey makers want people to drink your whiskey um, any way they like it. Absolutely. How do you guys like it? Depends, uh, I guess. It <laughs> depends. Uh, normally, if I'm if I'm just, you know, pre-dinner or enjoying a bourbon with friends like now, I'll drink it neat. But, um, you know, sometimes later in the evening or on a hot day, I like it with a big rock. I think that's right. We go, we can go a lot of ways. I mean, I don't think there is, as we all know, there's no one way to do it. Uh, and any way you like, it's great, but we, we have a little variety. We end up, we end up drinking uh, neat a lot just because that's where we get uh, a lot of the ability to kind of pull out the real nuances to it. But boy, you put that on a rock and you take that journey, right? From, from when it starts out through, you know, when you got those last little bits of water and it's really diluted down. And I'd say there's not a bad spot in that journey. Yeah. So we love that. You do get to taste sort of the spectrum of the whiskey when you right. do that, right? Yeah. And, and when you put the ice cube in there, it does kind of close it down a little bit for the nose. Definitely. But it does give you a new experience on the palate, mm-hmm. and it does change over time, and that that's kind of nice. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that. I think that's what bourbon's about in a lot of ways is is variety, right? The variety of exper- experience and <laughs> to be able to pull out some different interesting notes. If it was all the same, it just wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. But what's fun is you can you can find some things that are really different and interesting, and compare and contrast and. That's kind of what makes the world better when you can do that. But uh, but but bourbon drinkers are uh, are pros at that. So what about cocktails? I dabble into cocktails. I, I'm not a, a big cocktail guy because I usually find out the ones I don't make aren't as good as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> but uh, I, I do like to make an old-fashioned. Do you? I like to make an old-fashioned. He makes a mean old-fashioned, let's just say that. And which one of your whiskeys <laughs> do you prefer in your old-fashioned? If I had to choose, it would probably be 7 and 15. Yeah. Uh, kind of that straightforward bourbon profile mm-hmm. um, yeah. as compared to the other ones. Um, I like to do smoked old-fashions, too, so I'll torch a piece of oak wood put the, the frosted glass upside down on it let it get nice. some of the some go. of the smoky yeah. notes in there do it up a little bit some party tricks but <laughs> it's, it's a good time that's about as far as my my talent goes though what about highballs you guys ever drink any like uh i oh uh, yeah highballs i like i like uh canadian whiskey and ginger ale okay. but as far as bourbon drinks go it's really just an old-fashioned for me is it yeah any mules? You like mules? Nah, not your thing. Yeah, they're fine. I'm, okay. I'm not against. Sometimes any a, a rye goes good in a mule, right? I'm pretty much a neat and a neat and a rock guy. There you go. 
Yeah. Jim, I think I'm done with cocktails after the Derby. <laughs> I had a few, <laughs> had a few cocktails at Derby. I think I'm going to stick to straight for a while. All right. Well, this is a fine rye, guys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, where, what's the price point on this particular rye? This is $89. $89 rye. And what was the proof again? 105 Okay. And when they're looking for it on the shelf, this is called the? First West Rye. First West Rye from 15 Stars. Well, I'd say search it out. It's a good rye. Mm-hmm. It definitely represents a 95.5 really well. And the fact that it brings Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana rye together, uh, it's kind of special, I think. And they all bring something a little different to the. Did you notice when you were tasting them before the blend that they were all very different? Or definitely, yeah, definitely, that, uh, yeah, all very different. Um, the Tennessee, especially, was a really interesting rye. I mean, Indiana kind of set the bar for ninety five fives a long time ago, right? But definitely, yeah. yeah. But uh, some of the Kentucky ryes and Tennessee ryes are right up there. Yeah, very good, very unique in their own ways. I really like the sweetness on this one uh, you love I, the sweetness on I, everything i I, uh, <laughs> I have a love hate with rye and this one's this is in my sweet spot because it's sweet jim will tell you i do love everything that's sweet so what states are you guys in where can people find you guys on the shelves right now i know you're probably expanding as fast as your inventory will allow but <laughs> well we really haven't tried to expand too fast um but we did start in kentucky only uh, and so we were really in Kentucky for probably six months only. And we thought, where else would we start? Um, and we added Indiana and Tennessee after that. So we've been in those states. I think we did that back in October, added Indiana and Tennessee. We're getting ready to uh, expand into Missouri. Uh, we've got a great distributor there, Smart, uh, in Missouri that we're going to run with. And they're going to do a great job for us in that market. Uh, we're working with Wines Unlimited in Louisiana, have just entered that. A great team there that's uh, helping us out. And then Empire in Georgia. I was hoping you were going to say Georgia because Georgia is a, we've got a huge listenership down there. So, yeah. So we're entering those three states uh, as we speak. And then we're looking at four or five others. So we have, uh, you know, we have an ambition that we're really kind of honing in on that really says we think we're ready to, uh, to shoot for a 30, 35 state distribution yeah. over the next 24 months. And online? And online. Yeah. yeah. So at, at our website. Yeah. At Sealbox, at other online providers, Mash and Grape. So so our, our, our friends can find you on Sealbox now? Yes. Yeah. And which, which expressions can they find on Sealbox? Uh, I think on our website and on Sealbox, you'd find uh, the First West Rye, the Triple Cask, and the 7 and 15. So all three of those you'd be able to find. So really anywhere. Uh, so that's covering 45 states or something between mm-hmm. most of the states. Yeah. So, Ricky, when are you going to start letting us come pick some single barrels? <laughs> uh, that's something where you we're, notice I went to Ricky for that question. <laughs> yeah, something we're still toying with about yeah. us being blenders and using source materials. Of yeah. How do we how do we navigate that? Because it's not something we're really interested in to release single we're source almost barrels. Thinking we wouldn't do a single barrel. Yeah. We'd do double barrels. Right. Okay. Yeah, we got to we got to put a blend. blend to, what could we do that puts our puts our hands on it, right? Rather than uh, rather than just sell that single barrel, especially when we're talking about source barrel. Uh, I'm not sure that we've got something that we feel like we want to 
we, we want to have our hands on it. We want to have our input. We want to be able to dial it in. You have and not so, tapped a barrel yet that you went, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You, you haven't had any of those. you got to be kidding me, right? We, we have, and we thought we could improve it with blending. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Your business, your barrels, you do what you like. But if you ever decide that you want to, you know, part with a single barrel and you want, you want somebody to come help you taste their own, just let us know. It'd be fun to do. Yeah, it would be fun to do. Well, everybody's got to find their way in this business. And we appreciate what you guys have done because it definitely represents an eye on quality. And, you know, everything we've had today so far has been really darn good. Oh, it's been great. And, uh, you know, you can't do everything. Sometimes you want to yeah. do everything, but you can't. And I think you guys have chosen the things yeah. to do very carefully, and you, think, you do them well. So. Yeah, I think that's right. We've got a niche, and we're not trying to do everything. And we know there's a lot of pressure to do single barrels, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pressure to do cast strength, uh, right? And by pressure, I just say there's a lot of demand, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but we really feel like this is a niche where we we think we can excel and produce something that's really unique and special. Well, blends and finishes do well today. So <laughs> you guys are in the right business. Well, Brian, what do you think about this, Rye? I love it. Yeah, me too. I love it. I'm actually saving just a little bit. Are you? So when we finish up, I'm going to go back, get another little nose to it, taste it again, wrap up the night. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish mine. And then when we finish up, I might go pour just a little bit more. So, <laughs> All right. So we, we're trying to get through two more whiskeys here. And the next one on our list. The next whiskey on the list is currently unreleased. Uh, we've exhausted our whiskeys on the market so far. So up next is the Platinum, which is another from the first West series, a blend of 10, 15, and 18-year-old bourbons from Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee, bottled at 98 proof. All right, so a 98 proof, three bourbon blend. What were the ages again? 10, 15, and 18. Oh my gosh, you guys. You do have some great inventory. Wow. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to this. Cheers. 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 Oh, wow. The nose on that is really good. I was going to say, I really pick up the, the age on that. Yeah, I mean, more so than anything we've had, you know, the, I feel like you get that, uh, you know, the, the, the musty, the, I mean, it, it yeah, that's good. The, kind of the first floor Rick house mm-hmm. kind of, oh yeah. Woodworking shop smell. It's, it's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. We love this one. This is a little lower proof on this one. So, uh, but this one deserved that. That's where it, that's where it kind of came in. So, yeah, the proof is lower on this. You would expect it to be a little bit thinner. It's not. It actually has a nice velvety character to it. It has a decent viscosity for being mm-hmm. 98 proof. Um, it's still got a pretty darn good color to it. I would call that a uh, medium, medium amber mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. What's interesting with the age in this one, um, not too oaky. Mm-mm. Not at all. And it's got a kind of a nutmeg. You getting that? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's got. At first, I was like, "Is that cinnamon?" I'm like, "No, that's that's nutmeg. That's mace." Yeah, yeah. And there's something else going on there. Um, like what are the what are those fig Newton the figs? It's figs. I was trying. At first, it was like fig Newtons, and I was like, "Oh, that's figs." Yep. Yeah, I can see that. I like figs. Well, that is really tasty. Thank you. Yeah, and it's uh, we we try to with all our blend, as we said, we're going with for flavor primarily. Um, it's always our first thought, and the the eighteen is a pretty large portion of this blend. Mm-hmm. And that's really? something we're not we we don't focus on putting more of the younger in there to save in cost. It's it's purely about what created the best blend. Well, I want to put you guys on the spot here just a little bit. We've got a lot of people listening. Um, and, and certainly anybody who is willing to walk over to the shelf, grab your bottle and go to the counter is your customer. But in your mind, who is your customer? I mean, who are you? Got, who's your target market? I think when we think about our target, it's going to be those, uh, those, bourbon drinkers that really love the nuance, um, that are really looking for some special flavors, something different, uh, something unique that appreciate the age in it and appreciate the nuance that the age brings in those barrel flavors as they really get mature. Uh, so it's going to be that group. It's also, uh, you got to say when you, this will be a $279 bottle. So when you're talking about again, hundred dollar to $200 to, the $300 bottle you're talking about, um, you know, a group of drinkers that are going to be pretty discriminating, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for, for any, for any bourbon buyer, and we never thought really we would be releasing a bottle at those kind of prices, never crossed our mind initially. But as we got into, uh, understanding those bourbons better and then saying, okay, that's really where we like it and started sourcing the really old product. Uh, it really gets to be when you've got the cost in it, it's where it, it's where it lands. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but it's going to be somebody that really, really appreciates the nuance in there and is willing to fork out a few bucks, right. To, to, to taste it. Bourbon tasting bars, places that have finer whiskeys. Absolutely. Uh, definitely should make sure they have your stuff on the shelf for the on-premise side. Yeah. Because a lot of our listeners aren't going to go and drop 280, 300, 380 for a bottle. They just, honestly, they're, they're working hard to pay the bills and they just can't do it. Absolutely. But, but they can't have a pour, right? Yeah. 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 And we definitely want to be in those spots and want people to have the opportunity to try it. But I will say we've been surprised with, uh, the people, the aficionados that are really, uh, you know, really into it. Um, there's a lot of people that, that are buying these bottles that we're, we're a little surprised. I mean, <laughs> we got to say, uh, would we be buying it? Would we five years ago have said we'd buy a $279 bottle of whiskey? And the answer is no, yeah. we would have thought that's, that is crazy. <laughs> but as we've tried a lot of competitive whiskeys and understood how you build that up, uh, it's been, more normal to us. And we will say there's a lot of our friends and uh, family that, uh, that really appreciate it and that want something special. And you got to say when you can really get something special, when you have those occasions 
right? That you're bringing friends and family together and you really share something that's unique and different and special. Is there anything worth any more than that? And There's I think my answer would be no. Right? Right. And it helps those kind of occasions when you've got something mm-hmm. really nuanced, really interesting, really special, and you've got your family together for a holiday or there's a special day coming up, a, a wedding or a, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe it's just a family gathering or a family get together or a good group of friends. That's really what we think we're selling, to be honest. We're selling some honestly great bourbon. But what we're really selling is an opportunity to share something super special with family and friends. And that's that's what it's about. I think that's what what bourbon and whiskey is to me. A hundred percent across the board. I mean, it it's it's fun to taste different things. But when you get to share it with people and you get to share that experience and you create that memory, it's it's so special. So I, I really love to hear. You say that because that that's what it truly means to me. Yeah. And the reality of having um, really special whiskeys on your bar, a few, you don't have to have a lot, but just a few really special whiskeys on your bar that maybe cost you more than you like to spend is they really do last a long time. Yeah. If you treat them the way they're supposed to be treated, you know, you, you, you introduce them to your friends under special occasions. You let them have a small pour and you savor it with them and you talk about it and you, you enjoy it. Uh, those bottles, and I have, you know, a dozen or so of those kind of bottles on my bar. They tend to last a very long time and you don't visit them very often. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. I only, the, the expensive or nice bottles on my bar, I won't touch them by myself. I, yeah, that's right. I only bring them out to, to, Pour somebody some say hey check this out i love this one i think you'll like it a lot yeah absolutely it's a great thing about bourbon and spirits right over over a wine and uh i will say that uh my wife and i kind of have had a little uh a little journey across burgundy wines which are extraordinary wines but you open a wine you can open a wine that's a 300 dollars bottle of wine which is kind of typical for a burgundy wine and that thing is not, first of all, you're going to end up having a pretty big glass compared to what you're going to enjoy in a bourbon. But then it just doesn't last, right? You can put the cork in it maybe the next day, but sure. you're really connoisseur even the next day. It's that flavor is totally different. So the ability to buy a great whiskey, and as you said, have that on your shelf for a good long period of time to share with people, that's that's a pretty darn good value. Yeah. So if you're a if you're a bourbon enthusiast and you've got a bar at home that is, uh, you know, it's a starter bar. You've got you know you've got twenty bottles maybe on it or so, and you you don't really have any like really centerpieces. I would suggest maybe one of the fifteen star bottles as a centerpiece that you would introduce somebody to and just let them taste a little bit of it. You know, there's a number of uh, bottles out there that that come up to that. I mean, if you if you're able to stand in line and get something special once in a while. Definitely do it, you know, because those bottles, I've got 134 roses over there. I showed you a few minutes ago, and I've had that bottle for four years, I think. My wife bought it for me for my birthday, and, you know, I, I visit it every now and then. It's it's a, it's a wonderful whiskey, and it's just as good every time I revisit the bottle. Kind of becomes an old friend, doesn't it? It does. It really <laughs> does become an old friend. All right, guys. Well, that was a fantastic whiskey. I can't wait for it to hit the shelves. I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to be first in line, I think. That's really July. Good. 
July. Yeah, July. July. Okay. And and again, what's the label? Platinum. platinum. 15 stars platinum. 15 stars platinum. Keep your eyes out for it. This one is really special. I know I've said that before in the show, but they're all a little special. This one is really special. This is, I mean, any any more notes on it, Brian? I, I agree with that. As soon as I took a nose to it, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <clears throat> and then as we've worked through it, I may be number two in line. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I did say that your uh, 7 and 15 was probably one of the finest whiskeys I had in a while, and it was at the top of my list this year. I won't say it yet on this one because it hasn't released yet, but I'm going to put them side by side, and we'll talk again here in a couple of months. But That'll be a good evening. It will be a good <laughs> evening. <laughs> All right, so what do we have next? Next up, uh, I believe last up now is the 14-year-old Timeless Reserve. All right. Uh, brought along just to let you guys have a taste. No longer uh, available unless you, you manage to find one of the stragglers in a retail location or a, a bar. But, well, we saved it for last because it's very likely our listeners can't get this one, but it is your first release. Right. It's almost biblical. It's biblical. <laughs> so what? The first shall be last. Yeah, the first shall be last. Last shall be first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so our glasses are full of this 14-year. This was your first release. And when was this? When did this happen? So this would have been released in March of last year. I believe it was mid-March mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. Wow. You got you guys are really, like, killing it because you it's, – it's just, like, May of this year. So this is, like, 14 months since mm-hmm. your first release. Right. Yeah. I really think it came out in April – by the time it got out, it was April to May. Yeah, so it's about we're about a year into it. Wow. Now we, but let's just say we had three years before that, right? Get three years of prep, you know, for uh, but one year in the market. Yeah. Well, you've picked some good partners. Definitely, Barstown Bourbon Company is is the elite in this area, and to have them as your partner in production is just amazing. And not only are they bottling and helping you deal with, you know, all the things production wise. Um, but they're also, they're also distilling your, your own stuff, which yeah. will become available. soon. when can we expect to see your, your new distillate actually hit the market? I know it's, it's when it's ready, but what do you think it's going to be? When it's five and a half to six years old, we'll yeah. blend it into something, whether In we a- blend it into something older or find something interesting around those mm-hmm. ages. But I can't see, you know, we've, we're not thinking about a four-year-old whiskey. And along those lines, another thing we don't want to do is age it too long. Because we really want to let people see the uniqueness of these corns. And it's something we don't want the the barrel flavors to mask up over time. So, yeah. Yeah, You do have that compromise between the grains and the barrel. Yeah. And they really both come together to produce something really special. And so, as Ricky said, you know, at, uh, at 14 or 15 years old, how is that grain expressed in there? Some I don't will probably know. get that old. Some will get that oh, old. Some will. <laughs> yeah, but those grains are going to really be more prevalent in their younger years. Right. right. And, yeah. and you'll, you'll get to, yeah, you'll get to express those in blends or. Yeah. All right. So we've got your 14 year old in our glass. This was your first release. 
pretty much sold out. There may be a few stragglers out there on the shelf, but we wanted to hold it to last because people are probably unlikely to get their hands on this. So at this point, at this point it's point. tough. You've put a few bottles back. We have a few bottles back. All right. Yeah. And Ricky was even, uh, you know, every time we pour one at home, we say, okay, you know, how, how many we got? You know, <laughs> how much are we going to drink? How many people are you having over? Yeah, maybe we hold that one back to try the other ones. Actually, we do share them pretty, we share them pretty generously because, again, that's what it's about. Uh, and there will be a day, there's probably going to be bottle number one, bottle number two, bottle number three. I don't think those are ever going to be drank. But, well, uh, Ricky, are, are you, do you have children? No. You don't, but you will. At some point. And when you do, they'll probably be looking forward to tasting that 14. Right. So be careful. You need to preserve that legacy. Yeah, we're going to have to keep number four and five because I'm not opening one. Yeah, I don't know Ricky about owns one. number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one's been through a lot of the competitions. Yeah. What kind of awards, Ricky? The 14. So we mentioned earlier the one we're most proud of is with the San Francisco World Spirits Competition 2022. It was one of three finalists for best straight bourbon. Um, along with that, it's gotten a 92 rating at the Can Ultimate Spirits. Can I tell Spirits. a story on the best straight bourbon? Yeah, go for it. So one of three finalists, right? So I'm sitting in my office doing work. Ricky walks in and says, hey, got an email from the San Francisco World Spirits Competition that says we're a finalist. And wants to know, do we want to go to this banquet out there and where they'll announce the finalists and here's what you do? And I said... Ricky, thinking, you know, I'm experienced, right? And he's a little more useful. So I said, Ricky, they send that letter to everybody. They want everybody to come out there that's in probably another 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. That's just part of the program. And uh, he said, okay, so he goes back. And, and then uh, it was probably three weeks later, we read a Forbes article that says 15 stars, 14 year uh, timeless reserve is uh, one of three finalists for best straight bourbon at San Francisco. And so I thought, okay, I got to come clean with Ricky. So I called Ricky and said, Hey, <laughs> maybe we actually did get, you know, did yeah. the, can you imagine a first release? I mean, it really was in our minds impossible yeah. that we could have had that recognition on a first release. It just, it, it just, well, you think. know, the first, the first thing you do right in the whiskey business is you um, choose the correct barrels, right? And that you guys chose some really, really good barrels. Extraordinary. Uh, beyond that, if there's blending involved, you blend them correctly, and then you release them carefully. Absolutely. So, I mean, um, it, it is an art. There's no doubt about it. It's yeah. not going and buying a whiskey barrel and putting it in a bottle. I mean, it really is about... Uh, the the art starts in choosing the barrels in the first place. So. Yeah, always fine with aged whiskey for us. Always blended for that ex, extra complexity. Always flavor proofed, and those are kind of our our mottos to get to something really extraordinary. And the good news though is that while uh, bottles of these are out of the inventory, unless you find a dusty one somewhere. Uh, we do have a 13 and 15. This is a 14 and 15 year old blend. We have a 13 and 15 year old blend of the same material um, that will be released late in this year. Uh, so we have a 13 year version of that timeless reserve. And then we have the product to do a 14, another 14 year version of that same, uh, same release next year, which we'll put in next fall. So we have, we'll have a, a little continuity with this, but again, these are small batch bourbons, right? And they're 
they're they're uh, done at different times, and those barrels are alive, right? I mean, those barrels are moving all the time. Sure, so you don't while it's in the barrel, you you it, it, its activity hasn't stopped. It's it's alive, mm-hmm. and so that thirteen year, while it uh, is a cousin of this, uh, and a close cousin. You know, it's uh, it's got a little different flavor, which again we think is is awesome, and we assume when we use the fourteen version of that, fourteen year version of that, the next year, it's going to have um, it's going to have again some nuance difference to it. And, you, and you're seeing a lot of that in the in your tastings of these barrels as they age, right? You you taste this this continued change. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Right. It's that. It gives us that diversity and the difference in the products that gives us the ability to to dial something in. Again, we're in the we're in the lucky position in some ways. Again, it would be great to have twenty five warehouses full of some wonderful stuff. But in some ways, when you get to the quantity side, you're about delivering the same experience in every bottle, right? Consistency. But we're about nuanced variation so if we could do that that'd be wonderful but really as a newer brand with uh inventory like what we have which is extraordinary but it's still different than one inventory of the same mash bill so really our our ability here is to dial in smaller batches um and produce some some nuanced and different flavors well this is this is a phenomenal whiskey it's really really good it um it it doesn't have kind of the the wide balance that we have in the seven fifteen because the seven fifteen brings like a mm-hmm. lot to the table. Mm-hmm. This thing has been described. It's got those aged flavors, um, but not not over oaky, right? Very very balanced, and in some ways, an easy drinker, right? It's it's. Uh, it's got a comfortable. It's got a comfortable feel to it while you drink it. It does, and it's not. It, it, it's still 103 proof, so it's got some. It's got some punch to it, but it's not. It's. It doesn't come through in your mouth that way. It really comes through as a, as a balanced, even, rich, flavor. It's kind of nutty and just on the verge of a little bit of leathery, mm-hmm. but. Um, I get dark chocolate as well. It does have a little chocolate yeah. to it. Yeah. So this one is clearly in the extra aged range. It doesn't have those notes that we got from the seven-year-olds, right? And the eight-year-olds right. or the six-year-olds. It's clearly in that extra aged range. It's got more of the little bit of leather. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, you get a little bit of I mean, smoke to it. Yeah, I definitely get the chocolate. Not as much on the smoke. Uh, leather for me, leathery. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a uh, a s'more. A little bit of a s'more. Like you get a little bit of the campfire in the s'more when you, when you make a like a graham cracker marshmallow chocolate s'more over the over the like in the bonfire in the backyard you obviously get the sweetness of the chocolate and the marshmallow and and all of that but you get just that hint of campfire on it right just that hint of smoke yeah. I get you know this a, one this might be the perfect i like your description this might be the perfect bourbon that while the kids are making the s'mores the dads and moms are sipping on this thing there you go <laughs> i might need yeah yeah there you go we do that a lot so yeah 
<laughs> the kids, <laughs> the kids have no clue. They have no idea. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute blast to have you on the Bourbon Road today. We thank you so much for bringing your whiskey and sharing it with us. We're super excited that some of these whiskeys are going to be available to our listeners at Bourbon on the Banks at the Bourbon Roadie Bar. They will definitely appreciate that. And, and, and we hope you're able to come down for the event as well. We'll plan on it. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great time. It's a it's just that quintessential Kentucky bourbon drinker event that is you know it's kind of sixty percent Kentucky people, forty percent people from outside maybe, and it's a good solid Kentucky whiskey. And you guys certainly make some good solid Kentucky whiskey. So it'll be a great event. It'll be a lot of fun. And I hope you guys can make it, but we certainly appreciate you guys uh, offering to donate a few bottles to that event for our bourbon roadie bar. So there'll definitely be some, some very happy roadies at that bar. What do you think? A hundred percent. Well, we've had a lot of fun with you today. So we appreciate the opportunity to share what we're doing. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at your event. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a blast. We've had a great time. Five whiskeys on the show today, all of them exceptional examples of kind of how you ought to do it right. What do you think, Brian? I I agree. I'm I'm very impressed just tasting through everything and then learning more about why you do what you do. And I think it it all – comes together and and makes a lot of sense so ricky where can where can our listeners find you guys on like the internet website social media all that kind of stuff yeah so online at 15stars.com or Sealbox, mash and grape any of those outlets are good and then we're in indiana kentucky tennessee about to be in missouri uh 15th of this month i think mm-hmm. and then also in louisiana and soon to be Georgia. Awesome. Are you guys doing like the father-son dance on TikTok yet? Haven't started that yet. But it's coming. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you can find the Bourbon Road on all social media outlets. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We've got a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies, right, Brian? That's right. What do they have to do to be a member? Well, you're going to go. You're going to answer a few questions, but uh, let me just say we're watching it a little bit closer. We've been seeing a lot of folks come on there, try to sell some bottles, uh, solicit some things, and and we just we don't do that. That's absolutely correct. It's it's a great place for our listeners to gather and discuss whiskey and talk about the shows and have just a general good time, share pictures of what they're drinking. Uh, but we don't want people coming on there and uh, and trying to sell whiskey. If you do, we'll kind of kick you out. We've got 3,000-plus members on there, but you know what? It'd probably be 30,000 if we weren't kicking people out 20 a day, right? Uh, I mean, my finger has been busy lately clicking That's quite right. a bit. It's a, it's a good, clean group. You can come in and drink what you like. If you're drinking from the bottom shelf or the top shelf, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to jump on you for what you're drinking. If you love to drink some 15 star fine aged bourbon everybody's going to be happy to uh to salute you and and maybe come over to your house and join you in a pour but uh, we don't care if you're drinking 10 high off the bottom shelf or old crow it doesn't really matter it's all whiskey and you know what it's your bourbon you drink it your way uh we hope that you listen to every single show every single week 
Sometimes we'll do one or two. It's usually on Wednesdays we'll come out with an episode. <laughs> like this week, we've got uh, 15 stars on. Glad to have them here. They're hanging out in the Bourbon Roadie Bar. I think last week, I don't remember who we have last week, Brian. I think we had a music artist on, and we went to a couple of concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we'll have chefs on, and uh, you know, music music artists and and authors. It's always something fun. Anybody who'll drink whiskey with us, it's always a blast. Sometimes it's just the two of us, and we we have to get back to that center point, right? Oh yeah, that's 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 yeah, called yeah. leveling out or Le- level it out. Yeah, bring it back once in a while. We have to do mm-hmm. that. And I think we did that last week. We did. We? That's absolutely fun. Always great to have good friends in the house. We had a great time today. Uh, Make sure you check out 15 Stars. uh, Find their whiskey on the shelves in the states that they mentioned. We hope to have them on again here real soon. Thank you for listening to The Bourbon Road. If you've got an idea for a show, if you've got an idea for a guest or a bottle, uh, let us know about it. Get to thebourbonroad.com. Fill out that Contact Us page. Send us an email. I'm Jim at thebourbonroad.com. He's Brian at TheBourbonRoad.com. Hey, together we're team at TheBourbonRoad.com. We're the team. Until then, we'll see you down the the Bourbon bourbon Road. Road.